Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. Hello, and thank you for joining us. I'm Liz Burgard, your host. On this episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast, we're going to talk with Allison Kaser, a parent of an Anoka Hennepin student, and her experience navigating the district's special education services, as well as a special education teacher, Donna McCoskey, from Andover Elementary, to learn more about the relationship between home and school. Allison and Donna, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your amazing stories with our audience. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. So in a couple episodes back, we started this new tradition of asking our guests that if they were to implement one thing from their elementary school days that they would love to do in their current adult life, what is something that you wish you could do? We've had people say recess. We've had people say certain lunch options that they'd like to eat. So that's what we're going to start. Allison, could you tell us if you could bring back one part of elementary school, what would you incorporate into your adult life? I loved riding on scooters in the gym class. Oh my gosh. I talked to the boys about that all the time. And if we could just have scooter day every once in a while, that would be amazing to me. I love that. What did you love about it so much? Just the... I, I wasn't very athletic. I'm short. and But that was something I was good at. Those little legs would just move and I would be great. So I, that's awesome. How about you, Donna? In my job, I get to do a lot of stuff every day. Um, I get the fun Fridays. I get the themes. I get the games. So I guess into my adult world, I wish I could just bring some of that innocence and fearlessness that those younger grades have. They don't have the stigmas. They don't have the judgments. They don't know better. They're just themselves. And I just, I wish I could bring that into my adult world sometimes, but just can't. I know our brain develops and then those, those the innocence and the fearlessness, uh, the frontal lobe, as we get older, teaches us some different things about life. That's, that's, thank you for sharing both of you. It's just kind of a fun way to start and it makes us go back to what we loved about elementary school. Absolutely. So we're going to just jump, jump right in. Allison, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your son, Lucas? Lucas was featured last year on Boyd Hubert's Land of 10,000 Stories. And can you share a little bit about what that what that was, story was about and about uh, Lucas's inspiring story and yourself? <laughs> Everything. Everything um, about but- you. <laughs> <laughs> so I am actually an Anoka Hennepin alum. Oh. Um, a little tidbit, I graduated from Champlain Park High School. I was the first four-year class to go through all of them. So it was a brand new high school for me. And my husband and I, when we were searching for homes, we wanted to stay in this district. So this this is how we ended up here. My husband, Jeff, and I have been married for over 16 years. And we have two amazing boys, in my opinion. Uh, Lucas <laughs> is almost 11 and Drew is seven. And they keep us on our toes. And uh, six and a half years ago, in August of that year, I received a new title, and that was advocate for my boy, who I call sunshine in human form. He was given his autism diagnosis, his medical diagnosis, 
and our world changed significantly. When you have a child who is diagnosed with a disability, you retrain your thoughts. And uh, we just kind of hit the ground running as far as getting him supports and needs and finding what works for him. And, you know, further down the road, uh, we learned that he holds his emotions in. He can't communicate his frustrations, his fears effectively. And he turned to pencil sharpening. Kind of a simple task, but it really helps him. And it progressed as he grew older, life changed for him, school changed for him. The pencil sharpening became huge, and I needed to figure out a way to get more pencils for him. <laughs> and turned to our community, created a Facebook page for him. The summer before fourth grade, he sharpened. Uh, I believe over 4,000 pencils for the three elementary schools in Andover. And with the Boyd story, love Boyd, love his inspirational stories. One night I was sitting on the couch watching one of his that he was doing. And I thought, my gosh, Boyd needs to hear about my boy. And I wrote the most horrible paragraph on his <laughs> contact me thing. I, I, my phone wasn't working. It was terribly written. I'm like, okay, you know. We're just going to go with it. And the next day, I had an email from Boyd, and we were talking on the phone hours later. And he is truly amazing. He, his stories, he showcases many individuals with disabilities. So I'm not surprised that he wanted to meet my boy and see what this is all about. And, and that's kind of where we ended up. A couple weeks later, we were at school filming, and he was in our home filming. And, <laughs> and it was just incredible. <laughs> So that's that's kind of a little bit of how it kind of unfolded. Thank you for sharing um, your story and Lucas's story. And good to know you're an alum. I didn't know that about you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if people have a chance to to Google that snippet from the show, it was amazing to watch and see. And then also the Facebook page that you guys have set up. It's been fun to watch. Just the stories that you share on there and just to hear you and see you talk about your son, that he's a sunshine in human form. I mean, it just shows just an amazing kiddo that he is and the amazing parent that parents that you are and the things that you've had to do to relearn and, and learn things for yourself, but also how to advocate and support your children to be the best that they can be. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yes, absolutely. Donna, can you share a little bit about your role at Andover Elementary as a special education teacher and your path to become a SPED teacher? And then how long you've been there, just so the audience knows a little bit about you as well. This is actually my third year teaching, and all three years have been at Andover in the launch program. So one of my very first students was Lucas. So it's been a really <laughs> fun journey with, with me and him and watching just even his family and how they've come to just envelop him and watch them all come to just realization of what the new is. My journey to become a SPED teacher is kind of a long one. Um, once I had kids, I quit my job. I used to work at Medtronic. I was in the corporate world. I raised my kiddos. And then when they were in school, I volunteered. I was one that brought my little toddler in to volunteer for my daughter. And once my son, my youngest, got into school full time, I started subbing as a para because I was there anyway. I knew all the teachers. And then that led me to a job in early childhood special ed. 
mm-hmm. um, in that district. And then those teachers found out I had a four-year degree. So they're like, get your teacher sub. We need you. So then I started subbing as a teacher. And in that program, they're like, you could get your master's. It would only take you like two, two and a half years, and then you'd be a teacher. So they convinced me to do it. And as working in the early childhood, I got to see a lot of the different disabilities. And I just always had a special connection with the autistic kiddos. Um, There's just something about them that drew me to them. So I went back to school and got my master's in uh, special ed, specializing in autism spectrum disorder. It's such a beautiful story to hear the different paths we have, right? When we are younger and we kind of think we're going to do this when we get older, and then you have a family or life circumstances. And then it's just always so fun for me to hear how people got to where they are, because it's usually not this straight path that you take one way in one direction and you get there. It's this beautiful journey and the people that you talk to along the way that really help to shape you and guide you to to where you are. And we're so glad that you are a special ed teacher at Andover Elementary and, and really impacting a lot of students and their families. So thank you for sharing your journey with us. For those people that don't know, could you talk a little bit more about maybe what the LAUNCH program is? So LAUNCH stands for Learners with Autism and Unique Challenges. So it's a setting three program for students with autism and other unique challenges. So they are in setting three means they are in my room probably 40 to 60% of their day. They are out of mainstream and with me. Sometimes it's with groups for academics. Everyone in my program has 45 minutes of social emotional learning every day, which that's where we talk about what's expected for society, what's not, how to control our emotions how to tell when we're getting upset and what tools we can use from our toolbox to calm, like Lucas sharpens pencils. It's all that exploring. I do math groups with some, reading groups with some, but there's also when they're in their room and something's like when teachers change seats and that will throw my kids up the river. And so they they are able to come back to my room and to me anytime during their day come in. I have a calming area. I have break choices. I have sensory things, all those things in my room that they know where they are and they can access them on their own. And they know they're always welcome in my room. They just got to let me know when they come and when they feel like they're ready to go back. Great. I think that's really helpful for people that maybe don't know what the, we use a lot of acronyms and a lot of words in school (laughs) I've learned. And if you don't know what they mean, you're like, that sounds great, but I actually don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) As you're well aware, Allison. Um, From a parent's point of view, Allison, can you tell the audience a little bit about your family's experience with autism spectrum, spectrum disorder and how maybe you six and a half years ago one about seeking and finding extra support and, as you mentioned, becoming the advocate role for your son and your family? Sure. Yes. I, I never claim to be an autism expert. I say that a lot. I am an expert in Lucas. He mm-hmm. is my child. I know what he needs. I know what how he works. And so uh, I always say with his autism, Lucas struggles with academics. He struggles socially. 
and he also struggles um, with communication. He is verbal, but as far as how he is communicating, it may not be the most appropriate setting or the situation or, or having a conversation. So that's, that's been our struggle or as we work through, um, you know, helping him be successful. That is ultimately the goal. And so for Lucas, you know, they, a lot of times people will talk about a regression and Lucas never regressed. He was just slow to progress. So milestones were not met ultimately from birth. And we always had an explanation for that. He went to daycare to his grandparents. He was living the retired life. He wasn't around <laughs> other kids. He was the first sibling, uh, our first child. He, you know, all of our friends had older kids or they didn't have kids at all. So we always had an explanation until we hit that preschool age. And then those differences kind of, you know, were thrown in our face. And, and that's when we started the, the process for special education evaluation. Lucas had received some services from birth to three just because he wasn't walking, he wasn't talking, those types of things. But we really got into the whole uh, disability type situation when we started to plan for kindergarten. And so Lucas went to early childhood special education, which he grew and learned from there. And then we, we transitioned to to kindergarten and we just continue to to move and grow and find what's best for him. You know, I, I kind of joked with Donna that, uh, you know, when I first met her, I was a sobbing mess of a mother at a table, you know, not knowing how to help my child and not, you know, willing to accept defeat. And, and now here she's been on a television story and we're doing a podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we have truly all evolved as far as what is best for Lucas. And, and really, I mean, every day it can be different as far as what he needs and how to support him and, and figuring that out is so important. Mm -hmm. I think your point about too, about Donna knowing all of the things about you, right? Like it's been challenging at times, but also the most beautiful story of, and, and knowing that there's people like Donna or other people that you've come across that have really helped, helped you and you've helped other people, I'm sure, really navigate our children, whether they have autism or are struggling with something else. It's knowing that parents and it can really support one another. Absolutely. Um, be a team. Be a team. Mm -hmm. And lean on your support staff. And you sometimes don't realize who those people are until you're going through something. <laughs> Absolutely. You've come a long way too, though, Allison. Like you said, it was defeat, and you now realize that wasn't defeat. This is where Lucas belongs, and he is blossoming. And he, the friendships that he has made in my room, there are days I've come to tears because he is so empathetic to others, and he's got friends, and he's his creativity that comes out when he's talking about when he plays with his ambulance or it. He is where he needed to be to be able to open up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It was in that supportive environment that he needed. And that's, I mean, that's exactly it. I, I never thought when we got that diagnosis that I could say Lucas has a best friend and he has a best friend. And that's just amazing to me. And that's, that's exactly what Donna has done is fostered those relationships in that classroom. And that's amazing. I just keep getting goosebumps by all the things that you guys are saying and, and sharing about him. I can't wait to meet him sometime. <laughs> <laughs> He's very humble. <laughs> he is. We did have a moment, Allison, when we were doing our conversation dice. And it was, who is your role model? 
And he said himself, and I'm like, oh, normally people talk about you know, someone famous or this and that, and his little besties next to him going, well, he does have an Emmy. You know Lucas is famous. <laughs> Everyone knows who he is. He's our pencil sharpener. And so he fought for, I'm like, Kate, Lucas, you can be your own role model. That's perfectly fine. All right. And you love yourself, and that's the best thing that you can possibly do. Right, exactly. That is so important. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Donna, can you talk a little bit about resources or assistance that maybe schools offer um, or a district offers to students and families who may feel like their their child or themselves need extra support or even special education services? Sometimes it seems very overwhelming or you feel isolated and alone when you're you're trying to support your child or yourself. So we're just hoping that if you have any tips to share with with the audience. So to begin with, at least in Andover, there's a math specialist, a literary specialist, a psychologist, social workers, a mental health expert, and all of these people are there to support every student, gen ed, special ed, across the board. Every classroom, there's tiered systems, which is what those specialists are kind of there helping. So like tier one is where 80% of students are. They come in, they really watch them with that curriculum and they see if they need more or not. And they pay attention to what the group as a whole, if they're really struggling with this vocab, they focus on that. So that's tier one. Tier two, which is in every classroom for every student, um, about 15% of kids fall under that. They do a separate group, adding some minutes to whatever they're struggling in, whether it's math, English, vocab, spelling, comprehension, writing. There's that tier. Tier three is where about five of them fall. And that's, this is still Jed Ed, not special ed. Um, they get even more support. That's like where the literary specialists or math specialists come in and they might even do their own group with them in the classroom. So this is all happening all before they even get into the special ed stuff. When the teachers or the specialists get the flags of, oh, these kids are going to need more, that's when the I-team gets involved. And also if parents want to request, if they're worried about something, never hesitate to ask or bring up a concern. We're here to help. The gen ed teachers can then maybe look more closely, say, oh, you know, this is a concern at home too. Let's look at it closer. Once the I-team is involved, that's when they kind of start doing the evaluation and really get into these kids and what their needs might be. After the evaluation process is done, and that's, there's functional behavior analysis in case it's a behavior in, you know, interfering with their academic learning, if it's strictly academic, if it's a speech problem that's, you know, in hurting their reading, all of that stuff is figured out there. And then they will determine where these kiddos need to be. I know at Andover, we have the resource area, which includes speech, there's academic support, there's behavior support. That ranges from setting one, setting two, setting three. Um, a setting one special ed is like 10 to 20% of their day is out of mainstream. Setting two is 20 to 40. And then setting three is 40 to 60. And then there's, on top of that, the center-based program, which is what I am. So, and at Andover, we only have the launch program. So there's 20 students 
possible in that there's K through second, which is Mrs. Bellows, and then I have third through fifth grade. So it's divided up by grade at Andover. Mm -hmm. I think you brought up a lot of really good points. The the first point that I, or at the beginning of when you were talking about all of the different resources and assistance that parents might ask for or request, I think I think it's really important for parents to know that they can request or to have that conversation with a teacher, whether it's in conferences or via email or phone, if they are concerned about something. I think sometimes that's a really great place to start. If you have a question or wondering if you, if your kid is, is where they should be or if there's something that you should look into a little bit more. And sometimes parents don't know that they can ask that. And I think that a lot of times teachers, as you know, are with kids a lot of their day and really get to know your kids quite well, maybe sometimes more than you, you want them to, or they tell you things, <laughs> tell them things about your family that maybe you didn't know they were going to share. But I think just knowing that you can start out with your classroom teacher or a trusted staff at the school that you're comfortable with as a parent, just to say, this is how I'm feeling. Can you help me? Sometimes our gut as parents knows we feel like that something in our gut sits and tells us something's not right. It's okay to ask. 100%. Parents are the experts. And a lot of times that teacher might be having that in the back of their mind and just wondering. And if the parent can confirm that, then they can act more quickly on it instead of just letting it fester and really watching that kid. Where if a parent brings up a concern right away, too, they're like, okay, now I'm going to really watch. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. open communication is always, I always say the parents, you're with them a lot longer than we are. You're the expert. We look to you. Um, That kind of feeds right into our next question about watching the story and then seeing you two interact here. You guys have a really strong relationship and you can tell that you both love Lucas and and care about each other and your families. From both of your perspectives, what does it look like and how has your relationship grown um, as you've continued to support Lucas and watch him grow in his passion and also in his educational journey? And then I think the second part to that is like, how important it is to really work alongside one another and really connect and support one another as his advocates and support system. (laughs) I can go first. You got that? You got it? I got, I got all that. Um, (laughs) So I think, I think first and foremost is, is that we have to go away from the thought of us versus them. Mm -hmm. Um, We are a team, you know, the parents and the staff, you know, we're all, coming together for the common good, right? We want our child to succeed. And I really feel like the open communication between me and Donna is so important. Like if Lucas is struggling at home, I always try to let her know. If he's struggling at school, she always tries to let me know so we can work through it together. I think she's amazing at coming up with ways to help Lucas learn. He's very much a unique learner as far as his focus and attention and where he needs to be. And and the reality is he is not at grade level. So when you have students in your classroom that are in multiple levels, I mean, this isn't a gen ed classroom. This is a specialized classroom. Mm-hmm. It's very important to have those, those types of tools that she has. And I will say last year, I found out that at that time, it was only her second year at teaching. And I was blown away because, I mean, the way she is with all of her kids in her classroom, not just my Lucas, I've, I've been able to, to see how she works in there. So I think that constant communication between us and the reality is she knows a lot that goes on in my home. 
my my little boy is a sharer and he finds out a lot of things I mean nothing bad but you know certain things and and you know I just have to throw out here I mean this amazing teacher came to watch Lucas play baseball this summer and came to his Christmas program at church this winter I mean if that doesn't show dedication and love I don't know what does you know and and I think I think people need to realize that the teachers aren't there to get out, you know, just there for a job, that this is not the the employment to go to to just earn a living. You have to love and have a passion for this and and tap into that. Like, they are an amazing resource. Whether you have a special education student or a general education student, that teacher-parent connection is so important. And I will jump I in. Um, I have learned so much through you as well, though, because when you walked into his IEP meeting and you put that picture front and center of him <laughs> to remind everybody we're not just talking about data because everything is so data driven. You're like, this is what it's about. Here is my boy. You need to look at him as you're talking to me. And it just helped that meeting stay so focused on him. And I loved that you did that. And it's. <laughs> You've been a pleasure to work with. You're so easy to talk to. It's and that's I. So many of my families are. I I can reach out to families all the time. Just going. Oh, we're having a bumpy day today. Just FYI, did something happen at home? Is there something I should process with them? Mm -hmm. An open communication back and forth is the most important thing. And never worry about. You know, we we live life too. We have our own families. We get it. So whatever's happening, if you got in an argument over not brushing their teeth, fine, tell me, you know, it's, they're kind of crabby today. I made them brush their teeth or they refuse, whatever. It's, we'll give them a piece of gum. <laughs> we'll get through the day. So it's just always being able to have that open communication and support both ways of here's what we've tried. Do you have any suggestions? Mm -hmm. I've called a parent like that before. It's, you know, oh, we're still stuck. It's been 45 minutes. Can you give me anything else to try? So it's being able to have that relationship with parents, I think, is what is really helping the program and really helps me be able to do my best for that student. And I think ultimately it helps the student when they can see that their trusted adults get along and are on the same page and using the same language and actually communicating about the good and the bad. I think it just helps all of us to be better at, at whatever we're doing when we can have that open, honest, trust trusting conversation about any topic. Absolutely. I think, you know, one one little thing. Last year when Lucas joined the launch program full time, that's when we kind of started our pencil project. And it never even occurred to me to talk to Donna about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, we show up to school and all these people are bringing pencils for him to sharpen. And she just took off with it. Like it wasn't like, oh my gosh, one more thing. It was like, nope, this is something Got that's going to support Lucas. I'm going to work through it. I mean, they set up a system in the classroom. I mean, the pairs are involved. Amazing pair of staff there too. Um, we are blessed. And that just, that, yes, that, that just goes along with that whole outside of the box thinking is what you need to do when you have a child with, with unique needs. Mm -hmm. Thank you both so much for sharing so much today and, and being such an inspiration for all of us. As we wrap up our podcast today, are there any resources or tips that you want to share with the, our listeners for parents who may not know how to take the first step or just as a parent or a human things that we should take away as we uh, wrap up our conversation today? Don't be afraid of a label. 
Don't be afraid of others' judgment. Don't be afraid if others are uncomfortable. Do what you need to do for your child. If somebody's offering you help for them, why turn it down? If it doesn't work, then fine, don't do it. But don't go in with a closed mind of, my, my, I don't want my child to be labeled this because it truly doesn't matter in the end. Let's just get these kids help. Let's get them to be who they need to be. Let's get them as far as we possibly can. Labels don't matter. And just talking with your teachers too. If you have a concern, talk to that teacher. They maybe are still having that same concern. It's an email to a teacher is not going to bother them. Mm -hmm. Don't ever feel like you can't email a teacher. That's always, always an option. There is uh, one resource that I would like to share. Anoka Hennepin has a special education advisory council. It's made up of parents and uh, staff, and they developed a handbook um, I believe two years ago, and it starts at the process of, of starting the IAP at, at uh, assessment time, and it walks you through. So it's a very great resource there. And then I completely agree with Donna. You know, labels are helpful in a sense of getting your child help, but it does not define who they are. And again, any help that you can get your student helps them be successful. And And so, you know, the worries of of will my child, you know, be labeled or I don't want my child to be pulled out of the classroom. The reality is, is it's help and that's all you need, you know, and, and it will go, you know, far if they, if they receive that help. So I always look at it too, like you, in, in our experience that you have other caring adults that care for you and check in on you. Like you're very lucky to have more adults that have their eyes on you and you walk into the school, everyone says hi to you. Everyone knows who you are, like you're cared for. And I couldn't agree more if do what you need to do for your child to help your child be successful. I think we all know that your kid is not you. And I think that was one of the biggest awakenings when my kids were totally different than me. I'm like, oh, right. They're not me. I got to, I got to figure out what <laughs> needs they have yeah, um, and yeah. how to help them because it's not about me anymore. It's about helping them to, to be the best possible humans they can be and the resources that they may need along the way to be that person. Exactly. Yeah. It's not about me. It's about him. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's really what I came to the realization mm-hmm. that it was really about Lucas. It said nothing about me. And and now he's doing amazing. <laughs> now we move on to middle school. Yay. Donna, are you going to move to middle school? <laughs> I don't know, man. They're losing seven of them? Oh. There's not enough Kleenex for this spring. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Yes. You remember you always remember your first class. Yes. So I don't and I've had them for three years. So how do you how do you say goodbye to that? I don't know. <laughs> She's moving with you. No, I know. <laughs> do you also want to mention your the Facebook page of people that are our generation that have Facebook that still use it that right. um, would be interested in following you guys? Yes, yes. Our Facebook page is Pencils, the number four, Lucas. And I just share about our family advocacy, the silly things that Lucas and his little brother do. And, you know, a lot of pencil sharpening. (laughs) There's a lot of that. (laughs) On behalf of Anoka Hennepin and just me and everyone that's listening, I want to say thank you to both of you for being sunshine in a human form. I, I think that I loved that saying and I um, just the things that you talked about and the care that you have for each other and your students and your own children. 
I just really thank you so much for being here today and taking the time to share with us a little bit about yourselves and your journey and uh, also for parents that may be struggling and looking for extra support. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having us here. It's so important to talk about and sharing sharing is, is definitely important too. So. Neither of you knew you're going to be movie stars or podcast stars. So you got, you can add that to your, uh, <laughs> your comments after your name of all of your, the great things you do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. One more check, right? That's right. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> oh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.